was this thing was running through my mind for the from the from Monday. I'm like, I kept talking, but I didn't have any answer. Why we keep saying that just a matter of time? How old are you? So then the Lord woke me up on Tuesday dawn and he began speaking to me that son, it is not a matter of time, but it's a matter of grace. Then he says that look at the lives of people who have been saying it's a matter of time. For 20 years now, for 15 years now, for five, if you look at your own life, for how long have you been saying that it is just a matter of time? He said that when you look at the lives of these people who make this particular statement, nothing has really changed about their life. With the passage of time, what you see change about their life is maybe their age and maybe their stature. But nothing substantial has really changed about their life. They are anticipating change in their life. They are anticipating growth in their life. But with the passage of time, nothing has really changed in their life. But yet they are saying that it's just a matter of time. How Time has passed for everyone. You are about 25, you are 30, you are 29, you are 28, you are 18, you are 17. Where are you counting here? If it is a matter of time, is it aren't you going to be making by now? You are 32, 31, 30, 40. If you have, if you will make it, like if it is by time that you will make it, like you've already made it, right? But he said it is not, it doesn't take time, but it takes God. And it is not a matter of time, but it is a matter of grace. So within the space of one year, what you couldn't achieve within 25 years, you can achieve it with one year. Are you here at all? So never tell yourself it is a matter of time. Time never true. No. Time doesn't dictate your life. What dictates your life is grace. Are you here? I think the last time we were talking, I think pastors were talking and we're talking about how that's a man of God that started his ministry for only two years and his ministry has boom. And yet some people have been doing this same thing for 20 years and nothing has happened. They don't have that kind of purpose. It is a matter of grace. Not a matter of what? Not a matter of what? So if you are going to make it in this life, understand that it's not a matter of time, but it's a matter of grace. You don't need one year resolution planned out to make it. It is important to make resolution. I make resolution. I'm making I'm making plan B and C. God is making plan A for me. 2021, I'm making B and C, but God is making A for me. Are you here? It's, it's important to make it. But understand, in between that, the one-year plan you have for yourself, the five-year plan you have for yourself, God is able to interrupt. Grace is able to interrupt that one-year plan you have for That five-year plan, that five years, I should be here. God can interrupt it. Are you here? But as much as it doesn't take time and it takes grace, grace doesn't abolish the place of principles in your life. Grace doesn't come to Submerge the place of principles in our life. Are you here? The place of principles in our life as Christians is very, very important. Say so the place of principles is important in my life. See, many Christians hide under the notion of grace and they don't work in principles. Let's assume a Christian wants money and a principle is phenomenal. Give and it shall be given unto you. But these Christians do not work by this principle. They want to pray for the grace for money. And they pray, Father, I want the anointing for money. I want the anointing for riches. But what will give you money and riches is a covenant. It's a principle. The covenant is give and it shall be given. But yet we are praying for money and it's not happening. And funny enough, the unbelievers have believed in our principle. And it's working for them. 
non-Christians have believed in these principles and it's working for them. And we Christians, which these principles were made for us, do not believe in it. The book of Romans chapter 1, the verse 16 to the verse 20. Let's read it, please. And we will get it here. But these principles, though they are being made, they are made for everyone on earth. Just as it rains upon everyone, the sun shines upon everyone. So were principles made for the non-believer and the believer. Or the non-Christians and the Christian. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 that one please. Romans 1 verse 16. Uh-huh. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Watch this. Move on please. For it is the power of God unto salvation uh-huh. to everyone that believeth. To what? To what? To everyone that believeth. Is it only to Christians? No. So this gospel, this principle is to who? It is also include Muslims are inclusive, Buddhists are inclusive, Hindus are equally inclusive. Move on, please. For therein is the righteousness of God uh-huh. revealed from faith to faith. So the righteousness of God is being revealed to even the unbeliever from faith to faith. Uh-huh. As it is written, hmm? the just shall live by faith. Yeah. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against. Now, watch this. This is the reason why no one can say God cannot exist. And no one can say that they don't know God. He said he, he has revealed his wrath to what the believer or the unrighteous and to the righteous. Right. Is there in the Bible? Now this is what it means. Please read, please write. Alright. This is what it means. God he has revealed his wrath or himself to both the righteous and the unrighteous. So one way that God reveals himself also unto man, though be Christian or non-Christian, is the son or nature. The son. That is there. No man plays the Sunday. Huh? Whatever doctrine you have about the theory you have about the earth, about the sun, about the moon, about the stars, no man plays it there. And because these are the things that I use to prove that I exist to the unbeliever and to the Christian. Are you here? So this principle is made available to both what the believer and the unbeliever. And the nature of God is being made available to both the believer and the unbeliever. But get this, the unbeliever believe in this principles than we Christians. You will see, you see, I live in an Islamic uh, neighborhood, all right, and you can probably see my eye today, right? You call me Baba, say Baba. Baba. Yeah, 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 today I'm called Baba. All right, so, <laughs> so, uh, these Muslims, you go to them, no matter the amount of money you have, no matter whatever you want to give them, if you go to these Muslims, all right, and they are praying, guess what they do? They will not even look at your direction. When they when they kneel, when they squat or kneel down, they pray, they look at the left, they come back, and they look at the right, and they come back. So maybe by chance, if you are in the store, and they turn like this, and they look at you, don't think they're going to say me back. No, don't mind you. They will say whatever they are saying to that particular direction, and move, and move to the next direction, and say, that's it. So, they don't care about the money you are bringing to them to buy any goods. Until they are done praying, they will not attend to you. They will not even wink at you. But what happens in a Christian dog? You are praying and your business partner calls you. You pause it, go outside, go and pick the call and come back to God. The Muslims have come to God must be given the ultimate priority. So no matter whatever you want to buy and they are praying, they do not mind you until they are done talking to God, until they are done seeking first the kingdom of God. They don't mind all other things. But we Christians will not seek the kingdom of God first. Whilst we are even seeking, in between the seeking and the devil comes to test us for what we want, we stop the miracle. 
And you think that if you don't answer that particular call, you don't attend to that particular customer, the customer will go to someone else. But the most them, you know, even if the person goes in, a bigger one will come because I have obeyed and put God as my priority. But what do we Christians do? We sleep over these principles and we claim all things are mine. And we confess that we do not work in these principles. I heard a man of God say, um, in Christians, we have the people who preach wealth creation. And not even one Christian from first to death is part of the world richest people. Is that the, preach- the preaching is wrong? The preaching is not wrong. The students are not practicing what they have been taught. Because for me to tell you that give and it shall be given unto you, you might think that it is a, a way to lure you to make my account upset whilst your account is being downgraded. But the belief that Muslim or the non-believers don't believe that they believe in give and it will be given. So no, they don't care how much they are losing. Because you know, as much as they are losing, they will gain much more. But the devil has succeeded in making us believe that when we give more, we lose more. Are we here? When we give more, I lose more. That's what you believe in, right? <laughs> That's what some of us believe. Even if we don't believe, unconsciously, that's what we practice. So we all know, give and it shall be given unto you, praise down, shaking together, running over, and shall men give unto thee. But what we practice is the opposite. But the non the Christian, these things are supposed to work for the Christians anymore. I mean, we don't work it out, but it's working for the Muslim. And again, I'm still teaching on the science of Christ. Because when all this is happening, you think that your man of God is a problem to you. One. See, God, I said last week that God gives you a man according to his own heart desire. This man is aligned with God according to your purpose. Your sake, for your sake, this man is aligned to God for your sake to bring you deliverance and bring you to a place of prosperity, prepare you for the coming of Jesus Christ. And this man, you shall call what my man of God, or shall my man of God? Yeah, so you will call me my man of God. But you know, this person that has been brought to you as your man of God, sometimes this person is brought to you as an organized blood problem. Sometimes I can appear to you as an organized problem to you. They be ambitious, you say. 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 They So sometimes this man of God who is sent to you by God may seem like an organized problem. Just as, you see, just as your husband, your wife, or your whoever it is, may seem like an organized problem to you. So, but I'm going there. See, I'm giving my message. This man of God, again, God sends this man to you. But it may look as though you are the one supposed to help this man of God. God sent your wife to you. God sent your husband to you. But it may look as though you are the one who is supposed to help them. But in all truthfulness, this man of God sent to you that seems as though you are the one supposed to help. In all truthfulness, you helping this man of God is you helping yourself. As a matter of fact, you helping your wife is you helping yourself to have a happy home. 
you helping your husband. Is you helping yourself to have a happy home. You helping your man of God is a thing for you to help yourself. And why am I saying this? The book of Exodus, chapter 2, the verse 1 to 3. Sometimes God presents this man of God to you as though you are the one who's supposed to help them financially, physically, emotionally, socially. But in, in, in return, they are actually the ones supposed to, who are helping you with the help you are ready to them. Let's move on, please. Exodus 2. Exodus 2, verse 1 to 3. Uh-huh. And there went a man of the house of Leth and took his wife and daughter. So of this Leth. is Moses when Moses was being born. Bible talks about the fact that um, Pharaoh said every male born child should be killed when they are born by the midwife. The midwife should kill every male born child. And when Moses was born, this is what Moses' mother did. Move on. And the woman conceived and bore a son. Mm-hmm. And when she saw him, mm-hmm. that he was a, a goodly son, mm-hmm. he hid him three months. So the woman saw that his, her son, Moses, is a goodly. The kid is goodly. The kid hasn't even started behaving yet, but you see the kid is goodly. Okay, and what did she do? She hid the child him for three months. months, but it got to a point where she was tired, and she did what? And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bow brushes. So she took a basket. If I a basket now, I'm going to hand back. And I'm afraid. And I'm going to ban it. And I'm going to ban it. And I'm going to ban it. And I'm going to go to Israel. Right? Yeah. Now watch this. For Moses' mother, Moses' mother thought that she was saving the life of Moses. Moses' mother thought she was helping Moses. But what she did not know was that she was helping her own self. And not only her own self, but a generation, a whole country. Are you here? That's why I said, when a man of God is being presented to you, when your man of God comes to you, sometimes it might look as though he is the one who needs help from you, or she's the one who needs help from you. But in actual sense, you are the one helping yourself by helping him. So Moses' mother hid Moses, preserved the life of Moses. When Moses was on the water, she watched to the point where she even became the nanny of Moses. But in doing so, when Moses grew up, she came to deliver a generation, a nation, a whole country. Imagine that the whole deliverance of a country was in the hands of Moses. So if Moses had died, their deliverance would still tarry. Now, imagine Kwame Nkrumah, His Excellency Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, who liberated Ghana and brought us um, independence. Imagine if his mother aborted him. Will, will any of us have independence or be, be, be separated from our colonial masters from now? Maybe, maybe it might happen, but not when we had it, not 1956. It might have tarried. So, for Nkrumah's mother thought she was helping their own son by leaving the son, they share the soul or uncle school, me tell the school fees, uncle school, but on your way back, on your for back, on your way back. The man advice, the next time I man advice in Chromer's mother thought I was raising my own son up, but what the man did not know, I am helping myself and I'm helping a whole country. So he took one man in Chromer to help the whole Ghana. I thought you would clap your hands for that. So he helped the whole Ghana. Whether you like it or not. Like some of us will still be in slavery. You would have wished you were not born. Now you, you, are, you are wish some of you are wishing you were not born in the family you were born in. Some of you are wishing you were not born in the region you were born in. 
You will wish you were not born in Ghana. But you know, what would have happened is that you wish you were never born at all. Now you have plenty of options that you wish you were never born. Like then you would have had only one option. I wish I am never a man. You would have even wished you were an animal. I tell you. I tell you. Because if the animals were not even sold, it was humans that were sold. I, 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 have, I have gotten to, have, uh, to, to be able to experience the life these slave people experience because um, of the domestic side I want to work out. So I, I was you know, when they bathed them, how they ate pineapple raw, and they put the pineapple on the street. You see, when they eat pineapple, right, they put it on the street. Um, it grows by itself, so they use pineapple as a landmark. In case they, uh, they are able to separate themselves from the, the, the thing and they, they run away from their masters, they can find their way back home. And guess what? They were some of them were sold unknowingly and exchanged for Akwedeshi, Snap, Hennekins. So they go to a king, I want this and this and this and this and that. And the king also gives you out for a bottle of beer. And they go and sell it. And that's one of the ways that tattoo came about. So they put tattoo on man. And that tattoo signifies whom your master is, who you belong to. And all every tattoo has its own price. Come on. I don't want to go into all these things. But what I want you to understand is that it is a privilege for a man to save you from slavery. And as I have been sent by God to you, you might not see it right now. Right now, you might think you are the one helping me. Maybe grow a church. But tomorrow, you will see that I am world as a bishop or Kayo. But don't you wait till it gets there. At least we do not know the destiny of Nkrumah, but at least you know at least a few destiny of bishop. Well, you must help your man of God. Let's read again the book of 1 Kings chapter 17, the verse 7. Downwards. So your man of God may equally appear to you as though you are the one supposed to help, but in turn you are actually the one to helping yourself. First Kings 17, verse 7. Move on downwards. First Kings 17. Now watch this. This was Elijah. Who was sent to the widow? Alright, move on, please. But after a while, the brook died up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Uh-huh. Then the Lord said to Elijah. No, other verses also say the Lord commanded Elijah. See, now me, I'm a Elijah command. He has said to Elijah. What did he say to Elijah? Go and live in the village of Zarephath, mm-hmm. near the city of Sidon. Uh-huh. I have instructed the widow there to listen. You. Listen. Listen, listen. God said, I have sent you, Elijah, go to this widow in this town. And I have what instructed me, Mama, Mameno command, say, on so. Okay. So some of you have been given a command to look after Bishop, to look after the church, to look after the man of God. Are you here? Okay, let's teach you the right thing. Okay, move on, please. So he went to Zarephath. Mm-hmm. As he arrived at the gate of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks mm-hmm. and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? So, this is the woman that Nami said, who are instructing instead of on shirt Elijah. So, but take her course. As she was going to get it, he mm-hmm. called her, Bring me a bite of bread too. Mm-hmm. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God mm-hmm. that I don't have any single piece Watch. of bread in the okay. house. Please wait there, wait there. Is it not God who told Elijah that this woman uh, instructed her to feed you? But this woman too said, Me need you and of here, bite of bread now can be in your home. So like you, ah, 
Now, I mean, okay, in quotes, I won't, I won't tell you that God saved from empty account, but let me say that God saved me, supplied an empty account. What a strange bishop going on to me here. Bishop, we don't want to in here. Imagine. Or I come to you that God says, give me this amount of money, or give me this, do this for me, do this for the church. You tell me, maintain it. I'm going to come and maintain it. Right? I'm going to Guess what happened to this woman? And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar. So dark. what she's having, she doesn't have bread, but what she's having is a flour. And a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jar. Uh huh. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook the last meal. So if you didn't know what Okay. <laughs> but Elijah said to me, But Elijah said to her, uh-huh. don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do just what she has said. So now we do not look at who you are currently. We don't know, we don't know, look at what you have right now. We tell you, do not be afraid. This is the plan of God for your life. So we know the plan of God for your life. You might not know it. Let me see. I have told this woman, I have instructed her to look after you. But on can't journey yet, plain plain, but who who passed and walk out job? And to nipa no nima who soft no ni. To no be check, mama ni obey ya. And to nimi check ni obey ya. This so catch up with this so. Okay, move on please. Go ahead and do just what you have said. Go ahead and do it, uh huh. But make a little bread for me first, uh huh. And then use the left over to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. Hey, so free. Like like. Prophet, on board you like Elijah, you like what go be only one say now one or any about the dinner we won't. Who say only granny mountain be oh yeah, on fact yeah, I can left over no. And you see on chef now anymore, left over. Imagine me coming to tell you that. If I say what ten thousand Ghana will count me. Let me see you there, mommy, nine 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 thousand five hundred. But for Christmas. <laughs> What will you think? <laughs> yeah! Because, and you put leftover, I'm going to write also. Because leftover. Okay, but <laughs> the man came with an instruction. Okay, move on. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So I came with the word of the Lord telling you that come with a seed of 2021. For 2021. But you said me new way. Me new way, me new way. So what you are thinking about is maybe giving twenty CDs and twenty one CDs. What I think of giving two hundred and twenty one CDs, but you're not keep, keep, you're not thinking of giving two thousand CDs. You think it's too big a money to give to God. You you, you think it's too big a money to give to God. Because what will be left is will be left over. But there is an instruction from God for you. Move on, please. But there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers listen, listen. until the time. He told he told the woman this that when you do that and now you eat of the leftover, now there is going to be more flour in your container until what? The time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So there is famine in the town. There is no food. And he said, "Now me, 
If you, you are now doubting God, I say, you see Elijah. Oh, oh, Ade, get out my ear. Okay, hold on, please. Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? Oh, mercy. Have you come to kill my son? But okay. Elijah replied. Elijah did what? Replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from give her me, arms. Give me your son. Give me your daughter. Give me your son. Give me your daughter. Move on. And carried him up the stairs to the room where he was. Elijah found him. Come upstairs. And now, what did he come upon? See, he did a direction, but you move on. What happened then? And laid the body on his body. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God. Why have you brought tragedy to this widow? Because Elijah is confused because so he had to go and inquire what is happening again. And told me back, Cassandra, he said, Give me time, man. But you want me time. Give, give me what? Time. Yeah, I'm time. I was different. Okay, Why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me? Causing her so, son to so die. So it looks as though you are giving, and the more you are giving, the more problems you have in your home, the more problems you have in your life. And you think I'm asleep, and I'm not asking God why. I'm not talking to God on your behalf. No. <laughs> and he stretched his, and he stretched himself out over the so child. So during this time. point, during this point, the woman did not see what Elijah was doing. Elijah took the son away from the woman. So when you don't see what I'm doing and things are happening in your life, no, it is because of him. Are you here with me? When I'm bringing my closet and it's happening for your good, and it's happening, you think it's just happening? You think it's just happening? <laughs> okay. Move he on. stretched himself out over the child three times mm -hmm. and cried out to the Lord, uh -huh. Oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, mm -hmm. and the life of the child returned, and wow. he revived. Wow, wow. So Elijah did not only bring food, provision to the house, he brought life. I bring life to your home today. Amen. I said, I bring life to your home today. Amen. I bring life to your home today. Amen. Everything God has ordained in your life that has become dead or fallen sick, I declare life to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare as a prophet and as your man of God, I declare life to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. So, life came. But at the point, this Elijah looked like a problem. He looked like the one that the woman must help. But unknowing to the woman, whilst she is helping Elijah, she is actually helping herself. So unknowing to you, you helping me, you are helping yourself. So when the Elijah came, she fed Elijah. Don't allow pastors come to your house and you will not look after them and you make them go empty hands. Are you here? I was saying last week. But you see, you can't make the pastors come to your house and then they leave empty hands. At least consider transportation. Don't make you see, we, we don't go to place and eat, we won't eat. So maybe if you think maybe if you come we'll cook for us like a woman cook for Elijah, I think one member did that we didn't eat, she got pissed and all that. But it's, it's please. I don't eat at places like this. I've told you here before, I want you to understand. It's very difficult for me to even eat with my sister in one go. See, so if my sister said that, then you must know. So give up. And even the past, I don't go, even ceremonies. I do reception and make up. But at least, me did know at least. Dreamy petrol, dreamy car, I made it by. 
and the pastors, when I send the pastors to your house, come and visit you, come and do anything, think about them, don't make them just leave. Because in doing so, you are helping yourself, thinking you are helping them. Do we understand this? Do we understand this? It goes to everyone here, all right? Okay, now, as much as the woman helped the man of God and things begin to happen in the life of the woman, understand that when you help the church and things are going wayward, don't close it there. Don't think that that is the end of it. Know that it is the beginning of greater miracles and greater testimonies in your life. Huh? Okay. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the problem, the bigger the testimony. The more the testimony will shock people. Alright. Now, I want us to look finally, I want us to look at the life of Barnabas. The book of Acts chapter 4, the verse 32. We'll look at this quickly. Let me close. Quickly, quickly. Acts 4, 32. Acts 4, 32. Downwards. Acts 4.32 All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owed was their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessings was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. So imagine a church where all of them felt like a family member, where what, what belongs to me belongs to you. So imagine that we are in church and you can come to my house at any time for my seat, I can come to your house at any time for your shoe, whatever you have. But that is how they felt, they, they, were, they, they were together. And funny enough, there was no needy. There was no one called needy in that particular church, in that family. The church became a family. And move on, something happened. Barnabas did something. Because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring those their money. Those who owned land sell them, bring their money that we could do what? To the apostles to give to those in need. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. For instance, there was Joseph, mm-hmm. the one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas. Okay, move on. What Barnabas? He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. Mm-hmm. He sold a field he owned and brought the money. Barnabas. And when you read further, it will tell you Barnabas, which means what? Son of what? Consolation. Alright. So, in your, in your scripture, you said Barnabas means son of consolation. However, I talked to you the other time that um, you see the Bible, Barjona. Barnabas. Bar, B-A-R, simply means son. Are you here? I tell you, every time you see the Bible, B-A-R, it means son. Alright? And Nabas means, the, the Nabas is the same name of the father. Okay, and the number simply there means consolation, it means comfort, it means exhortation, it means rest, it means prophecy. So, what the scripture was that Barnabas is the son of rest, Barnabas, son of rest, or son of consolation, son of comfort, son of what prophecy. And so, being the son of rest, or being the son of comfort, being the son of exhortation, he fulfilled his name. And what did he do? He sold his land and brought it to the apostles' feet. You, you. What, what can you sell and give to God? But what can you do for God? 
I've heard so many people say a lot of things. I want to just show something here then. A lot of people say a lot of things. They tell me, Bishop, those days nowadays don't move me anymore because I've had a lot of people who have not fulfilled that that side of the covenant that they've made with God. So I don't get disappointed because you did not bring it, but I get disappointed because you yourself you're not going to be blessed. A super chat, like it has a limit. You enjoy it, but a chat. See, learn how to make a real covenant, right? So, Barnabas sold his land. And within a month ago, I saw that a couple built a 700 seater church for the Pentecost church, and it was worth 2.5 million Ghana cities. 2.5 million Ghana They were couples. Obani Bema. Eh, they say sign up to the partnership step. Now, Oma, I saw you 20 Ghana, 50 Ghana, 150, 200, 10 Ghana, and then you said, You don't want to sign up. And we call ourselves sons of rest. Sons of rest, what do they do? They reduce the pressure, they, they lighten up the burden of their man of God. But you come and come and receive, hallelujah, fine, fine. But your part to fulfill your principal part, you don't do it. The book of Luke, chapter 8, the verse 1 to 3. Luke 8, 1 to 3. I love this. We read the scripture last week and I loved it. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Luke 8, 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. Soon afterwards, mm-hmm. Jesus began a tour of a nearby town and village. Uh-huh. Please listen carefully. Preaching uh-huh. and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. Uh-huh. He took his 12 disciples with him, mm-hmm. along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits. Now, please, please listen. My rich wives. See, I'm I say, I say, Jesus with his disciples took some rich wives with him. And what did he do? What did the woman do? Among them were Mary Magdalene. I say, Mary Magdalene. Yes. Joanna. Joanna. And Harold's business manager, Susie. Susie, what? And many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus. Was the wife of someone, someone being a servant of mm. Baba. The wife of Shuza. The wife of what? Shuza. Rich wife. Muha. Yeah. Oh, rich wives. Muha. Yeah. Metimoka, rich wives. Muha. Yeah. yeah. The bishop is called Trepa. Now, who did it? Now, who sponsored Trep? No. Now, who sponsored evangelism? No. Now, who sponsored crusade? No. So, now, who are you? So, see, when Jesus was going to the crusade to, the, to do evangelism, to go and preach to people, the rich wives were with Jesus. Husbands, also let you have your wife go with me. Let them go and work for God. <laughs> yeah. So, they were with Jesus. And they were, they were sponsoring their tips. They sponsored everything. Rich wives. 
if we are going to do any appeal for fun or any harvest in this church between rich wives and rich husbands, I would like the rich wives to top it. Amen. Oh, rich wives, are you here? Yeah. Yeah. If, if, there's any, if there's going to be anything like that, we are going to do any fundraising for the church. Rich wives against rich husband. Come on, rich wives must take it. Yeah. The rich wives were sponsoring the work of Jesus. So open the open Jesus, open the No, open the open. Oh, I mean your mouth. No, my Jesus. Jesus, because it's fried right now. And so because it's for four. Open buffet. As Jesus, because we're dead here. Oh, mini mini appetite. Sir, to the video, be there. Fine. Now I'm not going here. Spring gross. Eh, atomo. Oh, because I said, I body and body and body. No, my buffet. No, my buffet. My Jesus, Jesus, because oh yeah. You didn't hear that, my shampoo. Amen. So they, they, they sponsored the work of Jesus. I want the, the rich wives here, I want the wives, the women, the ladies here to be sponsors of the gospel. If we call for seed, they should come with an understanding of sponsoring, being a help, being, being a, a daughter of rest. The sons of rest, you're not left out. Be a son of rest. Because the disciples went with Jesus, they were sons of rest too. Be a son of rest, be a daughter of rest. Are you here with me? Sons of rest, daughters of rest, they lighten up and they reduce the pressure upon the man of God. Financially, socially, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Pray for me. Stand somewhere. Have time. Monday. Say, I'm dedicating my Mondays to pray for Bishop. For 20 minutes, for 5 minutes, I will pray for Bishop. Lighten up my brain to do the work of God more and more. Are you here with me? Yeah. One of the, the things that a son of rest or a daughter of rest can have is obedience and good character. Maybe it might not be money too, but obedience and good character. Because a son and a daughter of Christ who has good character will be able to release the ministry of shame and release the man of God or the ministry of unnecessary accusations. If you people have good characters and you obey instructions, you relieve the ministry of unnecessary accusations and you relieve the ministry of shame. It is also part of being a son of Christ. Are you here? Last two scriptures, the book of Matthew chapter 27 verse 57. Last two scriptures. This is where we see um, uh, Joseph or Matthias um, buy or he uses his own tomb, the new tomb that no one has ever slept in. He uses it and he makes Jesus Christ to come and sleep in for his resurrection. Are you here at all? Are you here? The last scripture, Luke chapter uh, 22, the verse 7. Let's read only that one very close. Luke 22, verse 7. Luke 22, verse 7. Luke 22, verse 7. Now the festival of on on living bread arrived. Uh-huh. When the so Passover, this, the, this is the Passover where Jesus Christ had to go and eat with the disciples and break bread and say who will betray him before the uh, the crucifixion and all that. Uh-huh. When the Passover lamb is sacrificed, uh-huh. Jesus sends Peter and John ahead and said, "Go and prepare the Passover meal, so we can eat it together." Jesus sent who? Peter and John. Just said Peter and John, but only a chef here, so. Uh, sons of rest, What I say now, come and I went to the village with uh, Pastor, Pastor Peter for a business meeting. Pastor Peter cooked Indomie with salt. Can you imagine? On your chef, because I'll be talking. You hear me? We need, we need sons of and daughters of rest. Sons, shall it be chefs? Let me let it. Are you here? Okay, some of you are like, you're not even good on you. Okay, please move on. 
Peter and John asked Jesus, uh -huh. where do you want us to prepare? So where? Where do you want us to prepare the food, right? He replied, mm -hmm. as soon as you enter Jerusalem, mm -hmm. a man carrying a pitcher of water. So he's telling, Jesus is prophesying about who you will meet. But they are never not, see, they've not booked their place, so, but Jesus said, you go and cook ahead of time. <laughs> I love Jesus. <laughs> Jesus was prophesying. But you are prophesying. You are telling your son that they should go. They are the chef. They should go. Hey, I love this prophet. A man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house he enters. Say to the owner, the teacher asks. Where is the guest from the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with Wait, my disciples? Where is the guest room where I can eat? Imagine Jesus was given order. Was given order. And funny enough, this man's house that they were going to, this man is an unbeliever, he was there from a sea. He, he, he was an unbeliever. He was not a Christian. He was a Pharisee. Uh huh. Please move. He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already upstairs. set up. The room is Jesus' room. It's, it's already set up. That is where you should prepare the meal. That is where you should prepare the meal. Uh huh. They went off to the city and found everything just as Jesus has said. Just as Jesus has said. And they prepared the Passover meal there. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. See, there are sons of Christ who could cook and satisfy their disciples, but the person that gave the house to Jesus was an unbeliever. If I tell you, give us your house for a party, will you give us your house for a party? Give us your house for church, will you give, you, will you give us your house for church? Will you even buy a land for the church? Will you even build for the church? Sons and daughters of Christ, ask yourself, are you a son? Are you a daughter of Christ? Begin to ask yourself, what can you do to rest the church? What can you do to lighten up the burden of the church? What can you do? Even invitation yourself, Anna. Are you here? Are you here? I want us to be understand.